0: You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. Exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
1: Shalom haverin shalanu. That means peace to you, our friends, in Hebrew. This is Keith Johnson with Nehemia Gordon, ready to take another peek into the prophets to see if we can find some more pearls to share with you. Shalom haver Shali. Atamuchan, are you ready? Animuchan, Keith, shalom. What does Animukhan mean, Nehemia? I am ready. <laughs> we are ready, folks. I'm uh, i really <clears throat> excited that we're now on our fourth uh, Prophet Pearls. It's 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 something that's really been uh, motivating me and exciting me, Nehemia, to to know that what we're doing primarily is focusing on the Word of God. Yeah. I have to say though, um, we're, we're, we are uh, recording this early, and uh, I've been gone this weekend. I just got back to you. You picked me up at the airport. And as soon as I landed, I received a message that just has been uh, very difficult for me. Hopefully by the time uh, you all are hearing this, uh, this will be um, better than it is today. Uh, but I got a message about my friend Yehuda Glick, Rabbi Yehuda Glick, who actually had an attempted assassination in Jerusalem, um, primarily because of his involvement in uh, calling for the freedom to pray on the Temple Mount. Uh, this has been something that's a very big deal. We don't know by the time this this show actually um, airs what the situation will be, but Would you agree over the last 24 hours it's been a pretty major uh, major development? Oh
0: boy, Um, it's really unprecedented for um, an Israeli public figure like that to be, um, for an assassination attempt to be carried out. It happened once before and it led to a war. Mm. Um, So this is a really big deal in general, but also because of who he is, because he's fighting for Jewish rights. He's a Jewish rights activist. And a right for for any non muslims to pray on the temple mount mm-hmm. well you know I, I i had an encounter with him uh in two thousand and fourteen.
1: It really changed a lot of the focus even for myself in in ministry. He and I hooked up for the freedom to pray movement uh there's so many things that we got a chance to do together i'm I personally uh really really touched uh by this and and have been in prayer, and people around the world are actually praying for his recovery as I mentioned by the time this show comes up it's our hope that uh that he will be uh, up and around and doing better and and back to work and of course it just also reminded me just how important the issue is and how controversial the issue is which is always something that you've talked to me about yeah uh nehemiah but you you said something interesting just about the way that the response all the way up to netanyahu himself yeah. uh why 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 it was a different issue now on um, how they would see see Yehuda now versus maybe before this happened
0: well, so so again, he's a public figure in, in Israel and he was attacked in the heart of Jerusalem with a targeted assassination. Now, to be honest, and, and this is a sad thing to say, if he had been walking down the street and a bus blew up and he was killed, um, there'd be a different sort of, it would be, you know, a response, but it wouldn't be the same sort of response. Mm-hmm. In fact, for Israel, this response is, maybe we've gotten used to that. I hate to say that. It's, it's mm-hmm. sad to say, but whereas this is, wait, you're going to target a specific person for a political assassination in our capital, yeah, I mean that no country could tolerate that,
1: yeah you know it's it's uh i i haven't processed it hopefully by the as mentioned by the time uh, they listen to this, I will have processed it better, but you know one of the things that I was doing with him over this last year was assisting him in terms of being able to use the gift that i've been given and the ability we've been able to use to for videos and that sort of thing to help him in sending his story, and we did a, prof- a really powerful um challenge to people. But more than that, Nehemiah, I was working with him on a a specific uh, project uh, that no one's seen any of the the, the footage Mm. of that. And I just have to be honest with you, the place that he was uh, assassinated at was the focal point of the project uh, Mm. that I'm working on uh, with him. And of course, that place is Bible Hill. People think It's really a symbolic place.
0: Yeah, it's a symbolic place. So just a little bit on that before we get started. So uh, it's known in Israel as Givat HaTanach, Bible Hill. And the reason it was one of the reasons it was originally called that is that it's the only hilltop in Jerusalem that's still pristine. Every other hilltop in the Jerusalem region has been uh, "quote unquote" developed, meaning they've built modern houses on it and things like that. And you could walk up to the top of Bible Hill, and it looks today the same as it did in the time of King David. Mm-hmm. And the second reason is the oldest passage they ever found of, any, of, of the Bible the, were these two silver scrolls, the famous silver scrolls that I talk about in Shattering the Conspiracy of Silence. I think mm-hmm. you talk about that mm-hmm. you know, as Hallowed Name Revealed Again too. Mm-hmm. They're really significant scrolls. They're on display at the Israel Museum, and they were discovered there on Bible Hill, right behind the Bagan Center, where um, where Yehuda Glick was shot, mm-hmm. and uh, and the Bagan Center is on the downward slope of Bible Hill. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all the same place, all yeah. within you know uh, less than a hundred feet of of each other. All these.
1: Things. I, I, can, I I'm 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 humbled. Uh, one that he he's uh, reached out, and we were able to walk together as friends. I'm saddened by the situation with him. I'm motivated to be able to eventually get this. Message out because it's such a powerful message that uh, he and I were able to walk together this process. And of course, this happening at that place has been uh, been difficult. Again, hopefully, by the time this is out, we we will have been speaking to him, and he'll uh, hopefully he'll be be able to maybe be a guest in one of our audio blogs. Uh, get him back again. He's he's been on a few of them. Um, anyone that's interested in, on the story about Yehuda Glick can go to bfainternational.com, dot com, go to blogs, and you can go down and you'll hear, you see pictures of me and him together, and and uh, just amazing. So. By God's grace, oh, let's say a prayer for the peace of Jerusalem.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, he he made a public statement saying, palim Yehuda." We are all praying for the shalom, the peace of Yehuda. And Yehovah, please give healing to this man, Yehuda, this man of peace, who just wanted to pray to you on the place where you put your name forever. Mm. Um, Father, give peace to your people, Israel, and your city, Jerusalem, and all those who call upon your name in truth. Amen.
1: Amen. 1 Kings chapter 1, we're in Prophet Pearls, now our fourth uh, episode of Prophet Pearls. Um, I want to say that it's uh, been humbling to have some people come alongside that have helped us um, uh, be producers. This is not one of those episodes that we have a producer for so the good news is we're going to keep doing it and the better news is that Nehemia and I are sponsoring it <coughs> ourselves <laughs> so let's get right into it first kings chapter one when king David was old and well advanced in years he could not keep warm even when they put covers over him so a servant said to him let us look for a young virgin to attend the king and take care of him she can lie beside him so that our lord the king may keep warm Nehemia we're um we're, 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 I just have to be honest with you when I was studying this passage <laughs> this verse jumps off the page to yeah. me and why did it jump off the page and I want to know whether, what the tradition is, what you think well, the tradition well, is We've got to why... go
0: through verse 4 to have that full discussion okay. Can we do
1: that? Well, we can get to verse 4 but I want, okay. I want to say something yeah. So before we get to verse 4 um, why do you think I got excited about verse 1?
0: Because she was a
1: Shunammite? No, not because she's a Shunammite oh, that's, sorry, Verse that's, 1, Nehemia, yeah. what does verse 1 say?
0: Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, so What you? What you I mean? got excited because this
1: is the this is the beginning of the chapter yeah. that was on my test when we went through the uh, oh, when we went really? the, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I don't, absolutely, ever, I don't, don't remember. remember. Was hey, that folks, like over ten years ago? it Was but the test so was the, the one of the longest chapters in the Torah. It's Genesis chapter twenty-four.
0: Oh, okay. And so Genesis yeah.
1: chapter twenty-four opens up That's the same with exact in the exact phrase, and oh. so I'm wondering oh. why when they picked yeah. this passage. Uh, when I saw that phrase, I immediately thought to myself, I think this is one of the reasons. Now, before you start tapping, before you... St- no, he's already tapping, folks. He's already got to bring <laughs> so the world. tell
0: the people what you're talking okay,
1: about. Okay, so the, the so the beginning of the phrase in... Uh, so in, this is a
0: prophet portion. Yes. A traditionally read prophet's portion that corresponds to a Torah portion. Absolutely. And that Torah portion is the portion of Vayera. Yeah. And, and that and, is um, chapter 18 through 22. Two. Mm-hmm. so that doesn't have the section you're talking about. No,
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. So, in the 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 the, the, Torah, the portion that we're
0: looking at is that not Va'yira? Am I on the wrong one? Do we have to edit this out. <laughs> no, it's the right one, folks. We're confused. <laughs> no, it's a, the it's the fourth one. There's Bereshit Noach Lechacha and Um Va'yira. So this is the. <laughs>
1: We're starting this whole thing over again.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. No, this is important. It is. It's the fourth one. So this is the one that corresponds, not with Genesis 24, which is what yes. you were looking for, but Genesis 18 to 22. Oh. Genesis 23. Edit that out. <laughs> no, I, no, don't edit it out. No, it's, Wait, this is the fifth episode
1: we're doing? This is what I'm trying to tell you. I said Oh, fourth, I thought we're in the fifth. fourth episode. Hey, okay. folks, we're just, you know, it's difficult. No, but no. So again, the, the section that's connected <laughs> with this is, is the fifth episode. Is the fifth episode. Okay, Genesis 23 to 25. 23, 1 to 25, 18. Oh, okay. Now, so why did I get excited? Okay. Because that first phrase, which we find in Genesis chapter 24. Now, while you're looking in your computer. So it's not
0: Bayera. It is Chay Sarah, mm-hmm. the life of Sarah. Yes. And, uh,
1: okay. So here, so can I, can I do something? So what I had to do, I want to tell you guys about how tough my teacher was. He picked the longest chapter in the Torah. Am I right or wrong? Genesis twelve I don't know that it's the longest chapter. Absolutely in the Torah. it is. I checked it for myself. It's the longest chapter. Isn't there one in numbers that has a whole bunch of numbers? No, this is Genesis I'm gonna argue it. How many in- verses is it? It's like fifty some verses. If you if you, if you look at it, it's like uh it's uh Genesis twenty four goes all the way to 67 verses. I mean, okay, long, yeah. so let me just tell you it's while he's, while he's tapping. Over, yeah. So he, he has this, this passage and he says, Okay, this is going to be your test. And the test was, I needed to know everything about that particular passage in Hebrew. So I had to read it in Hebrew, understand yeah. it, and then you'd ask all of these questions that were grammatical questions. And I just have to say, Nehemiah, how much I appreciated that process. It was difficult, you were tough. But but again, one of the lines that jumped out in Genesis chapter twenty four verse one, and I'm just throwing this out as a possibility, it says Abraham ba and Abraham was older advanced in days. So when we get to First Kings, it says what? Look first Kings chapter one. If I turn real quickly while you're tapping your computer, let's see if who finds <laughs> it first. And it goes and we're racing there off to the races. What are we and, looking for? <laughs> and I get to first Kings, here I am. First Kings, it says uh, the David Ah, bahamelech David zaken ba'bayamim. So I get this yeah. phrase, okay, zaken ba'bayamim, and immediately I'm thinking I must be like changing because think of this. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the Hebrew of First Kings, and I think of the phrase in Hebrew from Genesis chapter twenty-four. Mm. So I'm looking at this phrase, and I'm just throwing this out. Is this one of the reasons that there's a connection? between this passage being selected there's the concept of course of david being old abraham being old sarah obviously uh, the, uh, the life of the uh the death of sarah but when this phrase comes out for me i thought of genesis when mm. i read first kings because the phrase is exact then i looked through it and i thought wait where else do we see this phrase so we also see this phrase in joshua i believe it is uh as i mean we see it in moses i'm sorry in genesis with Abraham, We see it with Joshua, I believe, twice. And then we see it uh, with King David. Now, all of this is for me to say to you, I think there's a conversion process going on in terms of my thinking. That when I'm reading in English, it's something that maybe I wouldn't have noticed. But when I read it in Hebrew, that phrase, and I i don't know what it was like for you growing up in the synagogue, but aren't there Hebrew phrases that when you hear them, you're immediately
0: reminded of other phrases? I mean, isn't that oh, kind yeah. of... Oh, yeah. We talked last week about you know where they come and they say la ma'id hazet this appointed time you know according to the time of life i mean you can't hear that and not have the association with um you know the the event that took place with you know with with um sarah yeah and then later you have the same thing going on with, you know. Exactly. So I want to say to folks, you know, we, this really is a process, a genuine
1: process of Hebrutah, as you say, friends mm-hmm. back and forth. And normally what we would have done is we'd have our editors come and edit all of this process out. We don't have any editors. We just got one that takes care of what we do. But Nehemiah, I want to say, isn't it kind of cool that we can show the human side of the, searching through the Scriptures yeah. and not always having it all together? But, I mean, we're, we're sincerely looking into the passages yeah. and... And singing, and we're also doing some stuff ahead of time, which is is, is a little bit of a challenge in terms of dates. Mm-hmm. Like which date we're on? Are we in the fifth week or the sixth week?
0: All right, so, that's because people were pre-recording these episodes. Yeah. So. Before Keith disappears into the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, and plus,
1: it's a chance when we're physically together. That's actually yeah. I enjoy it. I I have more fun. Yeah. So okay, that's I wanted to bring that up. Let's move on to the yeah. to the part you want to talk about. His servant said to him, "Let us look for a young virgin." Gotta stop. Yeah. Is that word "virgin" the same word that's uh, that we've seen is is, is "virgin" in, in uh, Isaiah seven, fourteen? The virgin shall con- can you look? Can you tap on your tap on your computer real quick? I just want to know if the word "virgin" is the same. If that's the same word as that. No, you because want me
0: to look in the King James Version? Oh, you can look in the there King it's James be the same.
1: Okay, awesome. Look in the King... No, I want you to look in the, the Hebrew, Hebrew.
0: in the Hebrew, it's obviously not. It's, it's obviously not. Well, now, wait a minute. I, mean, now, I
1: want to be spare now. Yeah. So if someone's reading in Genesis... Uh, I'm sorry, in, in Isaiah 7.14, yeah. and they're reading in 1 Kings chapter 1, and in the English version it says virgin, could they not assume that that is the same Hebrew word?
0: They could assume, but they, they would be wrong. Okay, so, and
1: so can you tell us what the two different words are? So the are?
0: word in uh, Kings is, uh, the, in the passage we're reading is bitula mm-hmm. and that's the word for virgin. That's legitimately what the word is for yeah, virgin. Yeah, and, and if you want more details, look in Deuteronomy where where it, it has kind of a graphic explanation of what that is. Okay, yep. Um, it talks about a woman the yep. day after her her uh, wedding, and they bring out a sheet that has certain signs that she was a virgin the okay. night before. Um, so it's it's... You know, quite it's quite you know technically a virgin, mm-hmm. and then Isaiah seven fourteen has the word alma, which means young woman. But you know, just to read from like for example the New Revised Standard Version, which is a Christian translation made by the like the United Council of Churches or something like that, it there has the young woman. So mm-hmm. the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. That's in the Christian translation. Sure. And the reason I bring that because they that know up, in the Hebrew it says alma. So, so I wanted the reason why I bring that up though is that oftentimes. Yeah. Um, and at a casual
1: reading of scripture in, yeah. in the English version you don't always see those differences yeah. for me when I come across that word virgin the first thing I thought was just from my background is I just want to see yeah. is it the same word and come to find out it wasn't the same word yeah. in fact we did find out it says here it says she was actually a young it says does it not say she was a young um, betula it's in other words a young woman who was a virgin she, uh,
0: a young girl who was a virgin yeah, not nah,
1: uh, okay awesome so let us look for young warmers, the king, and take care of him, so you can lie beside him, that our Lord, the king, may keep warm. Now, Nehemiah, I want to do something really interesting. I want you to look, I, and this can, is just—can we get to verse four? Though oh, we, we got to verse keep, four,
0: we got to go, do it. Okay, go. Go. you read verse two already.
1: What, what, verse two in the King James version oh. says something that I just yeah. wanted to—I wanted to notice. Okay, what do you, go to the King James version.
0: The King James
1: version. Okay, Let's pull that up here. You
0: have to go to the King James version, Peter. Yeah.
1: And I love the phrase at the end. What does it say?
0: That my lord, the king, may get heat. <laughs> may
1: may got heat. <laughs> I mean, this is, which, which which which. how does it say it there?
0: It says here, may get heat. Wait, yeah. May get heat, okay, well, well. Yours says may God heat. Yeah, what's the, so they've modernized, the they modernized it. They've modernized this. but anyways, but so I thought yeah. it was a really, really cool phrase.
1: All right, let's go ahead okay. to verse 3 and 4. Yeah. It says, and then, then they searched throughout Israel for a beautiful girl and found Abishad a Shunammite. Mm-hmm. The last time we talked about the Shunammite who didn't have a name, this time the Shunammite has a name. She's Abishag, and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful. She took care of the king and waited on him, but the king had no intimate relations with her. And the Hebrew, it says, He didn't know her. He didn't know her. So, you you know, folks, you should know this. Uh, We did have a short conversation before Uh we started recording. And uh, I told Nehemiah, I said, that this is an amazing thing. He says, what do, you, what do you mean? It's just a matter that she keeps him warm. Is that, is that what you told Yeah, me? she was cuddling with him she, because he was cold. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. And I don't know the answer to this, but I want you to tap-tap. Yeah. This is yeah. what's cool about the computer. Yeah. What's the word they use for, uh, for um, saying that she waited on him? What's the word that they use for waited on him? Waited on him. And while you're looking for that, it says here... So his servants, okay, we got about four different things going. Uh, They search for her, and it says. Yes. She became the the, here it says in the NASB, she became the 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 king's nurse and Mm -hmm. then served him. So what I wanted you to look at in verse four is I want you to look for the word served, Mm -hmm. what that what that word would mean, and then also connecting that with the word served. That she was the uh, a nurse, the root of that word and how that word might be used. Mm-hmm. Because when I looked at that, Nehemiah, I thought about, as the story progresses, yeah. what was she doing? We understand that he was cold. We understand that she needed to help him stay warm. But if you look at the word itself of what it means to serve him and how that's used, also, correct me if I'm wrong, what was Joshua called who helped
0: uh, yes, yeah, so maybe it used the same word, but the context here is different. I understand, but the what king is the was called and needed someone to? Okay, so what uh, is, what, what was
1: him? Joshua called? He was he was a servant. She was serving, serving him. Minister? Is there an English version that says she that he was, that he was ministering? He yeah. was serving. So it, it
0: uses the same root, sharat. Mishalith. Okay, tell us what that is. Um, it means to serve. It's, okay. it's, you know, I don't know that we can define it as as you know. Precise. Mm-hmm. It means it different things in different contexts. Okay, awesome. But in this situation, she's basically coming in to do a service.
1: Ultimately, the service, the reason it came up is because the king couldn't stay warm.
0: Right. Right. And it's an interesting thing I remember learning when I was a kid. This is one of these things where, like, you know, we would read a a verse in the Bible and then we would read the the commentary. Read a verse and read the commentary. And then one, you know, eventually, as I've shared before, I decided to read it just by itself without Mm -hmm. the commentary. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I remember from these commentaries is is they asked the question, why was he cold? Oh, really? And, and they came with this, uh, you know, a very rabbinical explanation of why he was cold. And they went back to the story in one Samuel twenty-four, where he uh, and I love the story because it takes place at Engedi, hmm. where uh, Saul is chasing uh, David, and they're going through these different wadis, these different nechalim, you know, these different creeks, and uh, it's mountainous. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to escape there, and, and also for someone to be just around the corner and not see him. Mm-hmm. And so David and his men are hiding in a cave. And Saul and his men come into the same cave, not realizing David's there. Mm -hmm. And Saul falls asleep, and David comes, and he cuts his garment. Yes. And he later shows him the garment. He says, see, I could have killed you. Check, this is a piece missing from your garment. Mm -hmm. And the story the rabbis tell is that the reason that he couldn't stay warm is because he didn't have respect for clothing. And so God was punishing him that uh, cloth would not keep him warm. So he needed flesh to keep him warm. Oh, my goodness. Now... At growing up, hearing the story, it didn't occur to me because I didn't know that old people get cold and can't yeah. keep their warmth, right? Um, you know, but I mean, this this was the, the kind of the thinking of the rabbis. And looking back, I say, well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Like mm-hmm. he was cold because he was an old man. It wasn't God's punishment because he cut the garment exactly. Um, so, in other words, yeah.
1: the reason I bring this up, though, is isn't it, isn't it interesting. There always seems to be. Well, I shouldn't say always. Oftentimes, there seems to be the need to try to find something significant beyond the plain reading. In other words, right. the plain... Oh, well, what, medium, they're, what they're yeah. doing
0: is reading into it. You yeah, know, they, reading into it. What we're doing is called exegesis, which mm-hmm. is um, uh, reading out, pulling mm-hmm. out the cool. meaning. Mm-hmm. And what the rabbis will do and others will do is called eisegesis, which is reading into it. Mm-hmm. That's from the Greek word X is out and "isa" is in. Mm-hmm. They're reading into it. Mm-hmm. And here, they're clearly reading it. They're looking for some moral... Um, you know uh, ethical explanation of why he was cold instead of the contextual historical reason because he was you know which it says he's an old man he couldn't couldn't mm-hmm. stay warm mm-hmm. um you know okay. they didn't have heated heat in blankets and you know it was cold it's a cold place jerusalem relatively speaking mm-hmm. um and you know so they brought him a woman to lay down and her body heat would keep him warm mm-hmm. and then it tells us just so you think you know she's laying in bed with him but she's not having sex with him mm-hmm. um she has you know a functional purpose here she's you know not doing Mm -hmm. uh, that and um, you know I I don't know if it were me I'd probably just get another Rhodesian Ridge back to lay at my feet But anyway (laughs) what's
1: interesting I mean think about back those days you just don't turn on a heater you don't say hey turn up the heat I mean it's
0: cold it gets in your it's well mean, think just think about this really simple thing they didn't have windows yeah a window was a hole in in the I mean they didn't have windows with glass Mm -hmm. so you know let's say you had some kind of opening and maybe there was like a wooden shutter there or something you're not really going to keep all the cold out, and you it know. can get cold in the winter in Jerusalem.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Well, I'm going to let you have some
1: fun on this next verse. I'm yeah. sure you haven't oh. probably even thought about it because you yeah. you, you, you want to jump. Who knows? You probably have some other pearl, but I have a pearl for you, Nehemia. What's that? I've got a great pearl You're for give you. me. A pearl. I'm going to give you a pearl, and I want and I'll tell you why because it's actually related to something that you actually uh, taught me when I was reading this uh, yeah. that uh, that I had to go and check for myself, and so I did check it for myself. But it has to do with the name of this key, of this of the sun. Of David. So, what do you what do you notice? Well, I'm gonna tell you what I notice. When I see his name, I see in my in my English Bible it says now Adonijah. Okay, yeah. so I think of Adonijah, and I think, okay, let me go behind the Hebrew and see what the Hebrew says. But something really interesting jumped off the page, and it has to do with something that you we we talked about is that people that get caught up in saying, well, the end of his name, and if you read it in Hebrew, I think it is. Uh, Adonijahu,
0: am I right? So in this verse, it's Adonijah. Yeah. Oh, then and this one's other Adi- verses later, on it's Adonijahu, and those Adoniyahu. are actually used interchangeably.
1: Okay. And so what's interesting is about how that's the that's the end of his name. Yeah. Okay. So what do we find out about that being at the end of his name? So why couldn't I just say, therefore, that's showing clearly it's God's name. Okay. I mean that's the end of his name is is
0: is. So let's explain to people who yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Yeah so many hebrew names are what we call theophoric compound names Mm -hmm. it's two words that together make a short sentence in hebrew and so in this case adoni Yahu is Yahu, yehovah is my lord or is lord Mm -hmm. so in
1: this verse we have adoni yah okay the shortened form of yah right correct and that yah still represents the poetic form of god's name
0: it's definitely what you find at the end of names, yeah. So,
1: so why I got excited about this, and I know we're going to address it again, is that I don't know if there are other passages, maybe there are, yeah. where you have in the same passage the same person's name mm-hmm. used with the formal, the longer, the longer, and the shortened form yeah. in the same chapter. That's a good question. So the reason I
0: think this is interesting, when we get to the more formal, the longer form of his yeah. name... Uh, and again, so what yeah. you're talking about is... There is Adoniyah and Adoniyahu, and you're saying Adoniyahu is more formal, and Adoniyah is more like. A, and how it's a used nickname. is what's really yeah. interesting. And so we'll we'll get to
1: the verse, and we can come back to but it the again beauty is that tapping. those
0: really are used interchangeably. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So here's here he is. This is the son whose mother was Hagit. Put himself forward. Put himself forward. What does that mean? So he. So now David is old. He's advanced mm-hmm. in years. Obviously, he's going to die. I mean, he's. It's, whether it's going to be a month or six months or a year, I just think it's interesting. David is still king. Am, am I right? Well, he's
0: not dead yet, so yeah, he's king. So
1: he's king. So what is this saying? He's putting himself forward. Putting himself forward. What does that mean? I mean, literally saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the king."
0: Yeah. I mean that's what he's saying. So here's, well he's jumping the gun. He or, or and also he he, you know, he knows that he's not supposed to be king. Mm-hmm. Um that Solomon Shlomo has been appointed has been promised to be king mm-hmm. by David. And so Adonijah is saying, "Well, wait a minute. I'm older than him, well, you know, and and as the elder, as the elder brother, I should get the I should be king." And that was the, you know, the thinking. I guess it still is to this day in in monarchies. And um and so he you know, he thinks, okay, my father doesn't even know what's going on. He's some old man who, you know, who's laying in bed and is cold and mm-hmm. I'm just gonna make myself king and that will be a fact. And mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that, you know it's interesting, like I'll have this conversation about uh, let, let me talk for a minute about can I talk for a minute about Jesus? Sure. So <laughs> I've had this conversation with Christians and messianics and, and they're saying, Well we don't understand why the Romans would want to kill him mm-hmm. um and and, and and to me it's studying history it's obvious because he was proclaiming himself to be king he was claiming to be the son of david the the king Mm -hmm. and the response is well so what and what you have to understand in 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 many cultures even today but definitely in these ancient cultures if you said you were king it might just be true Mm -hmm. and so the romans hearing this would be like well wait a minute we can't have somebody saying we're king we're in charge Mm -hmm. and that's the case here with adoni the mere fact that he's proclaiming himself king may make it true Mm. And so that's why there had to be this response from, Saul, from Shlomo and, and his mother, Batsheva, and Natan, the prophet. They had to get involved because, wait a minute, you know, you might say, well, wait a minute. So what if he says he's king and he's got 50 people running before him? It doesn't matter. Who cares, right? But no, it, it mattered.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, that you know, uh, think about what is the difference between someone who's actually the president and someone who claims to be the president. Mm-hmm. Well, if everybody, if he claims to be the president and everybody accepts it, then by, then he is. Yeah. Well it's interesting even I mean, if he shouldn't be
1: even it's interesting you bring that up Mihemmi because he does something he does something it says so he got chariots and horses mm-hmm. ready with fifty men to run ahead of him and when I yeah. read that, I immediately think of absalom i mean who who else did that yeah. I mean in other words, you get the chariots and the men and you basically say, "Look, I claim myself king yeah and i've got the i've got the uh, I've
0: got all the accoutrements that go with being a king yeah, yeah. I've got all the you know the flash the bling
1: yeah so now yeah. here's but here's the thing that threw me off as I was reading the passage is the next line. Mm-hmm. the next line is where I get I, I had to slow down I got a little yeah. concerned maybe there's something you saw different in this it says and it says, it's in parentheses in, in, in the NIV it says it's not in parentheses yeah, in the Hebrew <laughs> yeah, of course not <laughs> of course not his father had never uh, interfered with him by asking mm-hmm. why do you behave as you do what does it say in Hebrew would you be willing to show us that
0: yeah it says sabo, aviv. Mm-hmm. his father did not trouble him mm-hmm. you know, his father didn't bother him didn't trouble him to say, wait a minute, what are you what are you doing? So so when that happens, why have you done thus?
1: Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't say that to him. And that that's the part that, that makes me think, so 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 what's happening here? It's not the promised it's mm-hmm. not the promised one. He sees that he's doing the same thing that Absalom did. Mm-hmm. He's got fifty men, he's got the horses, the chariots, he's running, he's Well, mid- and,
0: and and the key to me is the end of the verse. It says, And he was and he was given birth to or, uh, after Absalom, or she gave birth to him after Absalom. So So it's really interesting here. You know, there's this pattern of thinking in in the Bible, in the Tanakh, in Mm -hmm. in the Hebrew thought, which is the pattern of three and four. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look, for example, at the book of Amos, which we'll get to, I don't know if we'll get to that section, Mm -hmm. it'll talk about, you know, for three sins of, you know, of Judah and for the fourth, I will not forgive him. And for three sins of Damascus and for the fourth. So there's this actual thought pattern in ancient Hebrew of the three and the four. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly kind of what's going on here. Um, So who is the first son that, that... certainly thought he should be king or, or mm-hmm. acted like a king that was amnon mm-hmm. amnon he was the one who had the incident with his sister and they ended up getting killed okay so there's amnon and then there's absalom is number two mm-hmm. and adoni who is is thinking i'm third in line i, I the first those two guys who were who were old you know who were more suited than me mm-hmm. they had their crack now it's my turn mm-hmm. and i'm older than than solomon and shlomo why should he get a turn mm-hmm. but what ends up happening is those first three they they are the failed kings they never really become king, and the fourth one <laughs> mm-hmm. becomes king, which is Shlomo. Mm-hmm. Amazing!
1: So it says here, and this is where it, he goes further uh, it says he was also very handsome and was born next after Absalom. And then, seven, how does it use his name in verse seven?
0: It's Adoniah, uh,
1: it's again Adoniah in verse uh-huh. seven. Yeah, all right. So in, in verse seven, it says he conferred with Joab. And he also conferred with the priest, and they also and they and they both gave him support. So I wanted yeah. to ask this: when I read that, I thought, so why would these guys immediately do that? What would be what would be their thinking? And it, I mean Joab, I mean this is the, was commander, was commander of David's army. What would it be about so,
0: him? So you know Joab Yoav, he had, he had seen <laughs> for a long time ago that the king wasn't entirely with him, mm-hmm. and it was the situation where Yoav was just too powerful to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the king kind of had had a you know step back and and let him do some of the things he did, but for example, we talked about the story of Shimei, and there's an example where you know he says you, know, you sons of blood you know he refers to these um these these you know the sons of Zuriyah which were you know Yoav and his two brothers, um so so he knows that King David isn't entirely you know with him, and we see in later chapters that that actually uh, proves out that. Mm-hmm. That um, David warns Solomon. He says, "Look, you've got to, you got to do something about this Joab."
1: You know, it's funny. I was reading Nehemia before this, and that's just a question that came up that that, that kind of hit me as I thought, "Okay, so what's the last interaction historically that we see between David and mm-hmm. Joab? The last time we hear about mm-hmm. Joab's name, and that last conversation that yeah. they have is, and then check me if I, check me on this if I'm wrong. But the last conversation that they have, at least biblically, was a disagreement. In mm-hmm. other words, that Joab David wanted to count the people." And uh, and then Joab said, "You know, my king, don't do this." You know, and and they.
0: Yeah, I'm not ch- sure. So, so that's the last chapter of two Samuel. And, was and that Second
1: Samuel and, when it was? And,
0: it, and there's some question about the yeah. chronology of that, mm-hmm. about whether that's actually mm-hmm. the last thing in his kingdom or. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, but yeah, it's definitely uh. Well, pro- what it, it, more than anything it, it in the sequence that, of the story, there's an, a disagreement. Yeah, yeah. there's something. That, who knows whatever yeah. the issues are that are going on between. But them. actually, in that instance, Joab, Joab was was in the right. And David oh, was he in, was, but and he, David was in the wrong.
1: But here's the point. So David yeah. was in the wrong. I'm yes. just asking this question. So is there what? What are the things where Joab is
0: questioning yeah. his 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 uh questioning his uh but that was a good questioning. The, I think the bigger issue is that he had, you know, murdered these two people mm-hmm. without the authority of David and and it made David look bad, these two generals. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that later on we see that when David's on his deathbed, like giving his final instructions to Solomon, this is what he brings up. He doesn't mention about the counting. Mm-hmm. He mentions for the murders of, of Amasah and, and Abner, mm-hmm. you know, who were you know Abner the general of Israel and Amasah the general of Judah there's got to be reckoning Well, is for it that. fair to say this when it's you look a back when
1: you look back and you look forward in the yeah. story, there's definitely this issue between David and uh, this commander. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so the the commander decides that he's going to he's going to follow him along mm. with the high priest. And so, uh he's he's got a pretty good situation. He's got the he's got the, you know, the the military so he thinks, the military yeah. backing, he's got the 50 men, he's got the chariots, he's made the declaration, he's next in line but there's something he was missing. <laughs> mm-hmm. and what was that? And even beyond his father not saying anything, there was something even more important that he was missing. What so he, he didn't have the prophet with him. <laughs> he didn't have the prophet. <laughs> and because he didn't have the prophet, he didn't have what else? Whatever God was saying through the prophet. So he's he's building
0: oh, yeah. it up himself and then... Well, and, and and the interesting thing is this is one of the few periods in history where we have two high priests side by side. Mm. So he had Eviatar the priest. He didn't have Tzadok or Zadok mm-hmm. the priest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: Now verse 9. Now can you take a look and say what name is being used here in verse 9? Adoniahu. Ah, so just so I'm clear, in verse 5, it's Adonia. Mm-hmm. In verse 7, it's Adonia. In verse 9, it's Adoniahu. Mhm. I mean, I just I don't I mean maybe we could we could do this and put it in later, mm-hmm. but I would really like to find an example where you have a person's name being two different ways in the same passage. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. That that just kind of jumped off. And, and then, of course, the other thing it says is, he then sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves at the stone of Zohelet, near and Rogel. He invited all of his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah who were royal officials, but, so you say, but, he but. did not invite Nathan <laughs> the prophet, or Ben-E-Ah, or the special guard, or more importantly even, or his brother Solomon. What's he doing, Nehemiah? What's mm-hmm. going on?
0: This is what they call a coup. Mm-hmm. A coup d'etat
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's seizing control of of the of the kingdom by proclaiming himself king and like you know and he he's he's having a coronation ceremony <laughs> and um and what, where does he go? He goes down to the spring of enrogel mm-hmm. and it's interesting what that spring the name of that spring means do you, do tell, you, me do you look ah. into tell me about that so so there were two main springs in in ancient Jerusalem, and the interesting thing is no one knows exactly where Rogel is anymore um that spring is dried out Mm -hmm. um there is a a a well that it's a dug well you know spring comes naturally out of the ground the water oozes out of the ground naturally Mm -hmm. in israel and a well is something that's actually dug into the ground so there's a well in that area and some people say originally it was a spring and 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 because of an earthquake it it stopped putting out water and so they dug down knowing that they'd reach water Mm -hmm. Uh, but the spring doesn't exist anymore so the exact location is is uncertain um but Enrogel, <laughs> it's, it's, I love this. So the word Rogel is uh, a word that means slander.
1: Hmm. And
0: so Enrogel is the is the spring of slander. And um, and how appropriate that he goes down to the spring of slander. There's wow. two springs and he chose that one to mm. um, proclaim himself uh, king. And there's this great passage where that, it's a pretty rare word, mm-hmm. but it appears in Psalm 15, which is one of my favorite psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, let me read it. Real quick here. It says, um, Yehovah, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? He that walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue. And in the Hebrew it says, He didn't slander with his tongue. Hmm. And I love this because like, like you, you read this psalm and you get the picture. There are these people who are standing, Levites, and they're standing, and this is a psalm of David, there are these Levites who are standing at the entrance of the temple and they're saying who shall abide in your tabernacle, who shall dwell in your holy hill? And they're saying, look, if you want to come to this place, this is what you need to live up to. Hmm. You need to be righteous with Jehovah. Don't just come here and bring sacrifices. God doesn't want rivers of oil and, and you know and, and blood, like the prophets say. You need to have this righteousness and then you can come to this mountain and bring your sacrifices. Wow. Amazing. So when I hear Enrogel, the spring of slander, I, I'm reminded of that verse where that word appears. Um you know and, and so that's that's where Adonijah decided to go to proclaim himself king. <laughs> mm. yeah, well, so so when we get to verse
1: 11 you know I, I always think about this when the, when the prophet shows up Nathan's just going to show up now. Yeah. In verse 11 and he goes to Bathsheba Bathsheba Solomon's mother and he says, "Have you not heard that Adoni well, I should say in, in my English I, I I I don't even know how to Adonijah? say it. Adonijah? Adonijah. <laughs> yeah, Adonijah, the son of Haggith has become king without our
0: Lord David knowing it." with Adonijah. Ah, and there's Adoniyahu again. Yeah. The prophets using this that uses the full. And, and in Hebrew, there's sort of a. I don't know if it's even a play on words, but there's definitely a ring to this. She says, "Ki malach Adoniyahu ben Chagit va Adonenu David lo yada." So there's Adoniyahu has done this, and, and our Lord Adonenu, our Lord David, doesn't know about it. Yeah, it's <laughs>
1: Well, I love, I don't know Nehemiah. I just like when, that has a ring to it in yeah, Hebrew. That's yeah, lost yeah. In it's, English. it's great preaching. I don't know our Lord. And by the Friends way, Nehemiah. This it, yeah. is really good, folks. We we've got him into a a system now where for the last uh, for each of the each of the prophet pros, you've been reading the entire passage. Yeah. in Hebrew, um, and actually. I'm really excited. You've been a little bit dramatic about it. So when you get to this, when you get to this phrase, we're expecting you to say it like you just said it. We wanted to jump off the page that there's a there's
0: a little bit of a <laughs> oh! <There> it is. <laughs> Have you not heard? Have you not heard? That son of Haggid, has reigned and proclaimed himself king, and our Lord David doesn't know, and he doesn't know.
1: Wow. So anyway, we're expecting that. Um, let's continue because this is this yeah. this gets interesting. It says. Um, now then, let me advise you on how you can save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. In other words, this isn't just an issue of a power play. He, he wants to be king. He realizes what this means. Oh yeah! If well, he becomes if he king, king you're done. To die. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> I mean, we see that it's over and over again. Yeah. The sons of the king
0: yeah. get slaughtered. The, those well, people... especially for a usurper, meaning someone mm-hmm. who's 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 stealing mm-hmm. the um, authority that isn't really uh, doesn't have it coming he's he's got a you know he doesn't have true legitimacy so those who have other potential legitimacy he's got to kill him mm, wow
1: so it says here surely solomon your son it says go into king david say to him my lord the king did you not swear to me your servant surely solomon your son shall be king after me and he will sit on my throne why then has i i, I don't know Yahoo. then i think it's Bathsheba uses the shortened form she doesn't use the long form. So she's, like, so she's talking to me, like, hey, your son, you know, you know Mike? <laughs> Adoniyah, not Adoniyahu. She uses the shortened form, okay? Because this is the way they called him. They called him by the shortened form. Interestingly, when, they, yeah. when they're ready to proclaim him king, yeah. they don't use the shortened form. Mm. They use the long form. I'm making this up, folks. No, I'm reading it. It's just, I'm just telling you, Bathsheba mm. uses the, uh, the shortened form. Yeah. Not going to make a whole theology out of it. But I just think if you can find another example... We're in the same story. We mm-hmm. have two examples of the long form and the shortened form. Good and the question. reason I'm saying this that, is, yeah. from, the, from a formal standpoint, when it's time for him to do his proclamation, where they proclaim him, we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. Which form do they use? <laughs> yeah. Let's continue. So, I'm, and I want to get to that in because I have a very controversial thing I want to ask you about. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me advise you, go into the king, say this to him, verse 14. While you are still there talking to the king, I will come in and confirm what you have said now for a little conversation verse 15 so Bathsheba went to see the aged king in his room where abishag now here comes the shunammite was attending him yeah same word now she comes in and she's attending him i'm saying this what was she? Atten- How was she attending? She was
0: cuddling him. He no, was cold. I, I don't. It was body heat.
1: Grow up. Okay, so <laughs> she comes in and, the, and she has to uh, 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 make, make mention to Abishag, who is ministering to the king, who's yeah. serving the king. Yeah. Maybe she's getting him water and tea. Maybe she's help. That, maybe she's give me a break. maybe on. she's
0: doing. We heard what her purpose
1: was. Come on. I think Abishag is, he is, was cold. is a nurse. I think she's doing more okay. for the king. This is just my In, in
0: English you have the word nurse. Okay, say that in well,
1: okay, she was she was she was doing she was being a servant. <laughs> okay. So she does this and says, Bathsheba bowed low, knelt before the king. And he says, What is it that you want? The king asked. She said, My lord, you yourself swore to me your servant. And I think it's interesting. When Nathan says, Go in and say to him, My lord the king, did you not swear to me your servant? When she does it, she says, my Lord, you, your squirrel,
0: swore to me, yeah. and then what does it say? By Yehovah, by Yehovah. Okay, so meaning... You've sworn by Yehovah, your God. And how big of a deal is that? That's I mean, a really big deal. What, what, meaning if you don't swear just pass something over that. by Yehovah... That's Jehovah, a big deal. What does that mean? Then then that's binding upon you. You mm-hmm. you can't annul that or, you know, um, get out of that. And her point was, you know, you, you, you swore. So... You know, I'm holding you to your word. You swore by Yahovah. By Yehovah. Yeah. Ah, I
1: think that's that's yeah. kind of that's kind of so. And it says here, Solomon, your son shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne. Now let's do something. Just historically, a little bit of context for people that don't realize. Um, can and, we do something? Yeah. Can we just do? Well, something? Well, here
0: once again, we've got you know yahu and Adoni. Uh, there's this contrast once again. Mm-hmm. There's your son whose name is Adonijahu, and then Adoni might my lord the king yeah so when again when you're reading that make sure you bring that up can we do
1: a little context a little history Mm -hmm. little context sure how big of a deal is it that david has this promised seed of solomon how Mm -hmm. big of a deal is it for bathsheba that it's her son Mm -hmm. that's going to be this this promised seed and can we could we just for a second would you be willing to go back to the promise that god gave david in -hmm. other words if just from a little bit of context why is this a big deal? This is just like you know. Well,
0: it's a big deal to her because she's going to die if she doesn't. If if Adonijah becomes king. Why is Cain. it a
1: big deal to the bigger story of? Uh, so of,
0: so here's a prince. really here's a really interesting thing that I was talking to my friend Tim, down in San Antonio, Texas. Hey Tim, and um, he, he I was talking to him just a few days ago, and he pointed out to me. He said, um, he said, you know, we really have a lot of information about David, mm-hmm. and I thought about it. We, we know more about the life of David about the uh you know the um adventures and challenges and and uh and failings of David than we know about Moses. Mm. Than we know about Abraham, than mm. we know about uh I mean maybe Jacob comes close or Joseph comes close. But really we know a lot more even about mm-hmm. about David than we do about Jacob or Joseph. I mean, so think about is there another biblical figure that we know about, you know, so many of his his Inns failings and, and, small, and ins and yeah. outs and, and challenges with the family? Lifespan, when he's yeah. a child. I mean, so, yeah. so we really <laughs> have a lot of information about David. And I, and, and I think that's because David is a central figure in the Bible. Because mm-hmm. David begins the line of the kings, which ultimately will result in the final um, redemption with the king Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so, this, so so that's why this is important. This is the, the succession. Mm-hmm. Meaning, who comes after David isn't some trivial matter because the Messiah is going to be decided based on that that line.
1: Mm-hmm. Who is it? So that's why I, I'll tell you, tell you for me so when we we're reading this this passage what I wanted to do is I wanted to ask myself yeah. okay so why is this a big deal? We we're hearing the story about Abishag and keeping the king warm and this guy's a false king whatever but if the story goes different then the promise ends. Yeah.
0: I mean the promise was for Solomon for his right. son. Right. I mean and so, so so basically we've got the promised king of the line of David but then there's always this danger of the false king rising up and proclaiming himself king. And he's, and he and maybe he has even some priests behind him. And maybe he's got he some command, military might behind him. Yeah, but he doesn't have the true, um, the true right and legitimacy. And he doesn't have the prophet with him mm-hmm. to be the true king of the line of David. Amen. Amen.
1: <laughs> That's what I wanted. Okay, so it (laughs) says here, She said to him, My lord, you swore this to me. He has sacrificed great numbers of cattle, fattened calves, sheep, and has invited all the king's sons, the priest, and Joab, the commander of the army, but he has not invited Solomon, your servant. My lord, the king, the eyes of all of Israel are on you. To learn from you who will sit on the throne of my lord, the king, after him. Otherwise, as soon as my lord, the king, is laid to rest with his father's, i and my son solomon will be treated as and it says in the english here as criminals in other words she's mm. she's also reminding him look you've made the sw- sworn in the hebrew this- it says
0: "Chata'im," sinners as sinners <laughs> yeah and what will be their sin i guess their sin will be rebelling against the, the one who king. who proclaims himself to be the true king mm. even though he's not the true king but he's the one with the power so mm. they'll be deemed they'll be deemed sinners
1: wow and while she was still speaking with the king nathan the prophet arrived and they told the king, Nathan the prophet is here. So he went before the king and bowed with his face to the ground. Verse 24, and of course we know the story of Nathan and the king. He shows up at significant times in his life mm-hmm.
0: when he comes in. And Nathan, can I say this? Yeah. He's, he's a little bit of a schemer. Yeah. Like he had a similar thing. It's almost the same story where he got a woman. Uh, the woman, I believe she was from Tekoa. And, he's, you know, and he said to her, look, you've got to go tell the story to the king about a sheep and you know that story. Hmm. And um, and then the king proclaims the judgment, and then Nathan shows up and says, "Hey, wait a minute! What you, you just are said, yeah, yeah, exactly. you're the man." Yeah. And, it's just, and 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 maybe that says something about Nathan and David and their relationship that. Um, he was afraid of David, I guess. <laughs> well,
1: think about it. You're bringing the kind of message right. bad to the king, right? Or
0: all right, whatever but, but this is Jehovah speaking through him. Mm-hmm. But even so, he was afraid to come and bring that message to the mm-hmm. king. Mm-hmm. And we can see from you know stories about, for example, Jeremiah, where he got thrown into a you know a dungeon basically um, for doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I understand why he was afraid. Um, but you know, it's an interesting dynamic to have, <laughs> yeah. and that's actually Nehemiah, Why I
1: brought that up earlier, just about the dynamic of the king and the people. When I hear yeah. about Joab, I think about what was what was their deal. You know, here's Nathan. What was their deal? His sons, Absalom. What was the deal? What was going mm-hmm. on with them and the things that happened? David is a complicated. Uh, he's a complicated
0: figure. Very complicated figure. I mean, think about it. This is this is the true king of Israel, and he's the the forefather of the one who in the end will reign as the messiah who 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 brings say that brother peace to the entire world where all mankind will come before his throne and profess his kingship may it be soon and um and think about what we know about him <laughs> he's not a perfect man in any no, sense I mean, like he's you know sinned he's murdered he's committed adultery he's made a lot of mistakes and um but he had this faith and loyalty to Yehovah, and he was willing to change. He was willing to repent, mm, amen. and that's what the power of David—not that he's perfect, mm-hmm. but that he has a true heart for Yehovah and is willing to come to him in full repentance. May it be
1: that we have a heart like that. Amen. So Nathan comes, as you mentioned. Have you, have my Lord, the King, declared that he shall be Adonijah Adonai- Adonai- shall be king after you and that he will sit on your throne. Today he's gone down, sacrifice great numbers. Hearing the story again, now for the third time. First we heard uh, uh, we uh, uh, Adoniah who do it. Then we heard... Uh, uh, Nathan
0: tell Bathsheba that he did it. Now Nathan tell the king that he did it. And
1: Bathsheba told the king that he did it. And now he's coming to confirm it again. Have yeah. you, my Lord, done this? Today he's gone down, sacrifice sheep. He's invited all the king's sons, the commanders of the army and the priests. Right now they are eating and drinking with him and saying and now i want you to take a look at what it says here in hebrew this yeah. made me stop yeah Nehemiah, because when i heard what nathan told david this phrase yeah. and then what i heard them say to him it yeah. really made me stop so so could you do us a favor and just tell us what does the phrase say that Nathan is telling him that they're saying about the king
0: so he says um by and they said and they said mean the people who are backing uh Adoniyahu, Yehi haMedah Adoniyahu, long live King Adoniyahu. And actually, it doesn't say long live. Yehi, may the King Adoniyahu live. Mm, mm. And that's a really important phrase. This Yehi, Yehi, may he live. And we'll see it in a minute when we get to the end. Yes, that this is what's proclaimed about David. Mm. <laughs> it's powerful.
1: <laughs> so I saw that, and I have to be honest with you. When I saw that, I I, I asked myself if the people are saying this. What would be a modern day example where someone would say "live to a king"?
0: Oh, I mean, you know, so in French you've got this expression, which I imagine comes from the Hebrew, perhaps, uh, where you say like, you know, "viva la so and so," "viva Mm -hmm. la revolution," "long live the revolution." Mm -hmm. Well, the revolution isn't a thing that lives; it comes from this Hebrew, ancient Hebrew concept Mm -hmm. that you're proclaiming the life of of something or someone.
1: Mm -hmm. So, so in other words, in, in other words, well. Okay, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep developing because I this this phrase is what caught my attention, mm-hmm. and it says, "But me, your servant, and Zadok the priest, and uh, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon, he did not invite. Is this something my lord the king has done without letting his servants know who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him?" Then King David said, "Now up until now, up until verse twenty-eight, we have not heard David say anything in this mm-hmm. whole chapter." Yeah, we, we've heard that he's got a he's got a he's got a, a Abishad he's got a, a Shunammite, part, partner, <laughs> and he's got a he's got a minister named Abishad the Shunammite, and he's got he's got his he's got Bathsheba coming in and yeah. Nathan coming in. He even has it it, it, it; it seems to say that he's aware of the fact that his son is doing these things and not saying mm-hmm. anything about it. So, but we don't hear from him, and then when we finally hear him, I can kind of I get this picture, Nehemiah what was the thing that finally made David respond? Was it what they were saying? Long live king or well I should say live uh, king Adoniyahu Uh, was it that that Bathsheba and and Solomon were at risk for their lives was it that these you know whatever it is something makes the king finally says call in Bathsheba Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I mean which is
0: interesting it means that when Nathan came in she was sent out exactly yeah.
1: So she's, so first she comes in. She
0: yeah. tells the story. She's out. Here comes the prophet. Well, and, and Nathan's point was, you know, if, you go, if I come and say it to him, maybe he won't believe it. And if you go and say it to him, he won't believe it. But if he hears it from two witnesses, he's going to believe it. There it is.
1: <laughs> so she came into the king's presence and stood before him. The king then took an oath. It seems like he almost... And we have to stop. Yeah. We have to stop. I want us to break up this oath in Hebrew. The king then took an oath. And in English it says this. As surely as the Lord lives, as surely as Yehovah lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble, I will surely carry out today what I swore to you by him. So yeah. this, this idea that he's by the life of.
0: Yeah, so he says, Cha Yehovah, mm. as Yehovah lives, Asher padat nafshi mi who redeemed my soul from all trouble. As I have sworn to you by Yehovah, the God of Israel, saying, "That Solomon, your son, will be king after me, and he will sit on my throne after me." For thus shall I do this very day. Yeah, so it's it's a it's really interesting. I love this phrase where he, you know, so he's swearing Chai Yehovah as Yehovah lives, and there's prophecies about that. Do we want to talk about that at time, or please. I mean, we have time. Okay. We have to because I, I want to talk about the
1: significance of that phrase. I love that
0: phrase. Yes, that's, I mean, it, it's one of the most important yeah. phrases I think in, in Tanakh, um, and we have it 43 times that people are swearing Chai Yehovah as Yehovah lives. Mm-hmm. Um, one Samuel fourteen thirty nine. There's an oath. Um, it says Yehovah Mushia et Yisrael." for as Yehovah lives, the one who saves Israel, the savior of Israel. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um and then there's a prophecy in Jeremiah twelve sixteen. And you know one of the I've talked about this before, one of the reasons this is a fascinating prophecy to me is most of the prophecies I think are directed at Israel. Yes. Whereas Jeremiah twelve sixteen is explicitly not directed at Israel. Mm-hmm. In Jeremiah twelve sixteen he starts out in verse um let's see in verse fourteen it says, Koamau Yehovah, Al Shkol Haraim, thus says Yehovah to all my evil neighbors, khala, Yisrael, who uh, who touch upon the the inherited portion that I have given to my people Israel. So in other words, Israel's neighbors, the Gentiles. Mm. This is a prophecy to the Gentiles. Mm. And then he says in verse 16, it says And it shall come to pass if they surely learn the way of my people, to swear in my name or by my name, Chai Yehovah, Mm. as Yehovah lives. So if you learn to swear the way David swore, Mm. to make an oath the way David made an oath, as Yehovah lives, and it says, as they taught my people to swear by Baal, because that's what they did, they would swear as Baal lives. Mm. It says, and they will be built in the midst of my people. Mm. So think about what an amazing promise that is to Jeremiah. Come on, This promise through Jeremiah to the nations of the world... That if they learn to swear the way David swore, mm. then they will be built into the midst of Jehovah's people they'll be part okay. of that that Davidic heritage, that Davidic promise, that mm. promise to Israel uh you know we read in Isaiah before mm. about how the you know the the covenant to israel there's a connection between that covenant to Israel and the loyal promises to David, the mm. faithful promises to David mm. and Here we can see there's this oath that David made that many people that forty three times in the Tanakh has made. By different people, and if the if the Gentiles will learn to swear that way, they'll be built in the well, midst the, of Israel.
1: Which we, I want to just bring this up, Nehemiah And this is, uh, you know, we're, we're some weeks into the process now. Yeah. But in the in the Ten Commandments series, the third the third thing is t- the third series in the Scripture Bite series. the Scripture Bite series, mm-hmm. which at international dot com, the third series speaks about. The fact that um, he says you shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain mm-hmm. so it's talking about these you talked about the Gentiles who yeah. learn to swear in his name but yet in the general yeah. sense of how it's been taught yeah. you stay as far away from God's name not only in Jewish tradition oh yeah but in the Christian tradition so think would, about so, that you would never so I want to yeah. say this I'm about to give you a chance for the ministry minute oh but, but, but <laughs> what's so what's so exciting about this is that when you learn when you're reading the scriptures and we see Ha Yehovah and then you bring up the verse in Jeremiah that says if I as a Gentile mm-hmm. will learn to yeah. swear in God's name just yeah. like David did yeah. then he will build me up. but what's my learning what yeah. what is it that I learned you stay away from the name and certainly right. well you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, swear in his name
0: yeah so you know that's one of the things that my people have have we, we've sinned mm. we've turned the name of God of the name of Jehovah into into this thing we're supposed to be afraid of mm-hmm. this things we have to you know stay as far away from as possible. Um, we've been, you know, and, I, and in my book, Shattering the Conspiracy of Silence, I talk about this: that there really is a conspiracy of silence about God's name, mm-hmm. it, it, and it's an open conspiracy, <laughs> mm-hmm. meaning that, that that we must not speak this name. Uh, it's forbidden. It's too holy to pronounce. Um, it's you know too profound to know. And we read in ancient Hebrew, and we see David pre- swears Chai Yehovah, as Yehovah lives. One of the things I talk about in that book, Shattering the Conspiracy of Silence is there's this this ancient Hebrew letter that was found in a place called Lachish. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's one of the Lachish letters. And it's written in Paleo-Hebrew. And it, and we can date it very precisely. It's from the Babylonian invasion mm-hmm. of Judea. Um, and it's this commander who's, who's you know, sending letters back. In one place, the guy says, Chai Yehovah, the same words that David said, the same words that Jeremiah taught, that if the nations will learn, mm-hmm. they'll be built in the midst of Yehovah's people. But what's really cool about it in this um, ancient Hebrew letter from Lachish uh, in southern Israel is that he writes Cha Yehovah, as Yehovah lives, as one single word. Mm-hmm. And, it, and what scholars have come along and said is that this reflects the way people pronounced Hebrew. Mm-hmm. That it's kind of like an, it, it's what we would call in English a contraction. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we say do not, yeah. and don't. then we'll say don't. Mm-hmm. And we'll even write it that way, don't. Well, Hebrew had a similar thing. Mm-hmm. And so when they would say, as Yehovah lives, it was such a common phrase it was like, don't, isn't, mm-hmm. or ain't. Mm-hmm. And they would say Chaihovah. Mm-hmm. They would put write it as one word. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually tells you, uh, is, is a good clue about how the name was pronounced. Because mm-hmm. if it was Chai Yahweh, well, that couldn't possibly to, be to, be one, uh, you know, contracted to one syllable in Hebrew. And this has to do with Hebrew grammar that the Yud in Yehovah has a Shva, and the Shva is only a half vowel, so it can fall out. Mm-hmm. And and we have that we have for example Le Yerushalayim to mm-hmm. Jerusalem is Le Yerushalayim mm-hmm. and it, this is grammar, um, but this is a standard rule in Hebrew that when you have this kind of structure with a shva. The Shavah can fall out, and you can say Chai Yehovah, you can say Chai Hova.
1: Well, I want to tell you, Nehemiah, it's, it's interesting stuff. about what you just shared, and you talked about it. it's just grammar. But that's one of the things that your ministry, one of the things you have been doing in your life, yeah. is learning. So I want to take a minute, we're almost at the end here, but we yeah. can do it any time during the show. Sure, We've agreed that we're always going to give each one a minute. I'll either let you go first or I go first. Alright,
0: well, time. I'll go first, because um, I kind of started. <laughs> so my ministry is Makor Hebrew Foundation. Uh, my website is com, and you know what we've really been about is empowering people with information to defend the word of Yehovah and build their faith based on ancient Hebrew sources. And the reason I called it Nehemiah's Wall is there's that image of the people are up on the wall and they've got in on one hand the the tool to build and the other hand the tool to defend themselves. And 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 what I've seen is the people have just been harassed and uh, you know um, given false information. And I want to empower those people with that information to have the two tools and you know in their hands to build their faith and defend their faith mm. and and I'm not about tearing down anybody's faith I really want to build your faith uh, in you know in in the truth based on ancient hebrew sources mm. and even if you disagree with me mm. on certain important things you need to be empowered yeah. and then I love this image it then describes in nehemiah in my book nehemiah <laughs> how there are men with him on the wall who blow the trumpet and you know I've started this thing called my raw stream of torah consciousness where I'm putting out the, these uh, special studies to my support team, people who can you know sign up and uh, join the support team. And those are the people who, who are standing with me on the wall to get this message out. And I just want to send awesome. my thanks to those people. Awesome.
1: Well, uh, and again, it's important to tell what you're doing because having the information oftentimes... Uh, at least for myself, there just haven't been enough people that I'm around that have access to that kind of information. So you say it's grammar. I say that that's really important to understand how the language works. Oh, absolutely. So again, for us, for bfainternational.com, you can go on the front page and you'll see two things that jump right off the page. One is Prophet Pearls, which is what we're doing right now. And the other is mm-hmm. Scripture Bites, which is a 10 part series. By now, I'm sure we're in the week number, I uh, believe it is week five. and. Um, What we're doing is we've decided that we want to provide the best information we can, information, inspiration, revelation, to inspire people around the world to build a biblical foundation for their faith. But I want to challenge some of you that are able to consider becoming the card of the premium content library. And I'll tell you why. The premium content library is a give and take. One, if you're a premium content library member, it's a minimum $9.99 a month gives people access to everything we've done, including, I think the number is up, like 40-some television um, quality um, teachings on God's time, God's Torah, God's name. Um, Those things have played all over the world, and now we make them available in the premium content library. But the other thing it does, Nehemiah, and those that are listening, it helps us for the things that haven't been developed. One of the things that hasn't been developed is an amazing, amazing series that I actually did with Yehuda Glick uh, on his mission re- regarding get, bringing people to the Temple Mount and the importance of the Temple Mount. And that's sitting on a camera that we can't even address until we can get enough resources. And so that's an example. If you sign up as a premium content member, you're helping us, we're helping you. And together, if we can get enough people just doing a little, that's going to help us do a lot. And so there's a couple series like that that are just going to be, I think that are going to be earth shattering. They're going to be amazing for people. So if you'd be interested, please consider going to BFA just sign into the academy. You'll see a choice of free member or a premium content member. Free members get even more things than the general person. But the premium content folks are the people that are helping us, one, uh, prepare for the things that we have do and doing, and two, they get a chance to have access to absolutely everything. So please consider that. We need a whole lot of people to, get that, uh, to, to do that so that by the end of the year, we can start the year in producing some amazing series that we have that need to be developed. So that's it for me on My Ministry Minute. Nehemiah would you like to say anything else? I hope not <laughs> i 'm just kidding him he is a he's he's he, really I have to say something about Nehemiah for those that are considering to be in the support team you know he 's in the process of developing not his ministry but developing how he talks about it. His ministry's been going on for years you 've been doing amazing teachings writ, written articles that are available and and certainly the things we 've done together where you 've mm. just raised the bar. But you haven't so much been dealing with the issue of resources. Mm-hmm. And that's not an easy conversation for you. So I want to tell you, for those that are listening, um, consider being a part of the support team. That's going to help you continue to do what you're doing, which is providing uh, the best information, I think, that's available for people to learn for themselves. Yeah. So that's my plug
0: for you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh,
1: let's. We only got a verse left, and we're actually just about whoa, out of time. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. No, We've we only got, got,
0: got, got, two talk, got to talk about verse 29. We're going to get to
1: 29. We'll no, we only go 31. We can yeah,
0: Yehovah, as Yehovah lives, and go He ahead. says, Yep. He says there, lost my place. who who uh, uh, redeemed my soul from all uh, trouble. And that, and in e- English, maybe you can just you know gloss. Yes, as the king said, over that. And
1: surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble.
0: Delivered me out of every trouble. So in Hebrew, the word is Pada, which means redeemed. Mm-hmm. And the image there is you know we ha- actually have this this um, you know this image in the Tanakh. Of you know every firstborn belongs to Yehovah, mm-hmm. and they have to redeem him. They 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 you know do the five shekels to the the kohen. This word redeemed is somebody who is um, you know basically being bought out of you know some kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, a slave, for example, mm-hmm. can be redeemed. Mm-hmm. So he re- Yehovah redeemed my soul. <laughs> That's a pow- it's it, 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 I mean the literal meaning has to do with you pay some kind of price mm-hmm. to get that to get somebody out of something. And here Yehovah paid the price. To get my soul from all trouble. and Hebrew, this is a very unusual phrase. It only appears here in 1 Kings 129 uh, and in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And f- specifically, it's often in the Psalms of David. So my favorite example here, I'll bring the clearest example. Psalm 34, verse 23, mm-hmm. which in the English is verse 22, because you have different verse numbers. Mm-hmm. In the King James, it says, The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and do- none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. And it's the same phrase. It says, Yehovah Yehovah redeems the soul of his servants. And if you look at the beginning of that psalm, it is a psalm of David in a very specific situation. And so David, so this is like this is Davidic terminology. This is like a, fr- a turn of phrase that David liked to use. That David liked to use, and, and here he's using it in, in like in daily life. He's dealing with this situation. Well, I, I, I'm calling this a yeah. pearl, and so yeah. I want this to be the word of the week. Okay. That actual
1: word. I want you to teach yeah, the word, and then we're gonna. We do have a couple verses that we go, and I want to bring out a story at the end that you're
0: really going to appreciate. Okay. So the word is pada. It's a very easy word in Hebrew. Pay dalad hey pada, and it means to to redeem. And let me just give you a quick example of it um and here for example um well i lo- we got to read this cuz this is you know this is powerful thing this is uh, exodus 13 verse 13 and it says in every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb same word padah mm-hmm. you will pada with a lamb and if you not redeem it then you shall break his neck and all the firstborn of man among your children shall you redeem again padah mm-hmm. and then skip ahead to verse uh well let's read it uh, and it and it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, "What is this?" that you uh, shall say unto him, "By the strength of the hand, the hand of Jehovah, By the strength of hand, Jehovah brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. And it uh, came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that Jehovah slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn man and the firstborn beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to Jehovah all that opens the matrix, being males." But all the firstborns of my child uh, children I padah, I redeem. Mm. And so Jehovah redeems our souls from mm. trouble. Hallelujah. Well, I, if it's okay, um, we're, we, I yeah. want to end with a story that I think you're going to
1: appreciate. Yeah. Um, there's a verse here. To, can I read the rest of the verse? It's, we go to 31. Go ahead. Read okay. it. It says, here, uh, it says here, Solomon, your son, shall be king after me. He will sit on my throne in my place. Then Bathsheba bowed low with her face to the ground, kneeling before the king, and said, Now... May my Lord the King live forever. Whoa. That's what. You, you want to gloss over that? No, I'm finish? not going to gloss over it. I'm bringing it to the end. That's why I'm.
0: <laughs> so now tell, tell what it says. No, oh, so so she says here, um, mm. May my Lord the King David live forever. Mm. So that, I mean, that's that same word, Yechi, that the people had said about. Mm. Um, about about Doniahu, and here she's saying it about the king. And then she adds the word lit olam, which is the word we had before in our, mm-hmm. our word of the week, olam mm-hmm. for uh, the universe forever. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. David's almost on his deathbed. I mean, he, he's 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 mm-hmm. inches from death, and she's saying, "May he live forever." Mm-hmm. There's got to be something deeper in that. Oh, dude, can, can, can I get this? Can I get, a, ex- you know can I get excited can about I it? Tell
1: you what I think. What, it is? what is it? What do you mean? Of course, she she knows also the promise. Amen. So by you doing this. Yeah. your seed the seed that's coming the seed that will be mm-hmm. leolam forever may it be that the promise that god gave yeah. you that i'm now fighting for with your son who's going to be the next son line all the way into the end it's almost like she's saying look if we can get this done if we can keep this line going the way it's supposed to that seed will go forever mm-hmm. i mean why not i mean it's i don't know pretty powerful at least for you and i sitting here today we know that that seed from david from mm-hmm. David to Solomon and ultimately the king that will come, yeah. it comes from his seed. It's a, it's a forever,
0: and, and and that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, but I want I want to you know I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying that she may have had something else in mind, mm. which is that she knew that there would be a day when, as it says in Daniel, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth mm-hmm. shall arise, some for eternal life, mm-hmm. and this may be what she meant by saying to David, may David live forever.
1: Oh wow. May it be. Well, can we? Can I, listen? I, we're at we're out of time, but I want to give you a chance to respond to something. Yeah. Uh, in December, some years ago, I had a very good friend named Reggie White, mm-hmm. who uh, who who passed on. And uh, the day before he passed on, he called me here at this house, and he, mm-hmm. he told me about a dream that he had. Mm-hmm. And when he's telling me about this dream, he said that he saw this word, mm-hmm. and uh, this word he spoke about was mm-hmm. he saying the word that he was redeemed. Mm-hmm. And um and I remember him just being frantic about this. He's calling, he's calling me, I think he, the next day, and actually we talked about it, Mm -hmm. you you were checking to see what it was, but, but, but help, refresh my memory, what, do you remember what verse, he didn't say it was a verse, Mm. but he said
0: that it was this word, do you remember that? Yeah, it was the word Pada. it Mm -hmm. was a a form of the word pada, the benoni pa'ul, for Mm -hmm. those who know Hebrew, yeah, Um, and yeah, and it, and I believe it was um, well. Actually, it's a couple verses. Mm-hmm. But for example, uh, Isaiah thirty-five ten. It mm-hmm. says, ye Yehovah, those who are redeemed of Yehovah mm-hmm. um, shall return." Here, let's re- read that in your King James, mm-hmm. just for fun. Uh, and the ransomed of the Lord—that's <laughs> how they translate the ransom—and mm-hmm. it's not a bad translation because mm-hmm. ransom is you pay money, but the mm-hmm. word is redeemed. Pada. Uh, the ransomed of Jehovah, the redeemed of Jehovah, shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And then the same exact words virtually appear in Isaiah 51, 11. Therefore, the, the redeemed of the Lord, or the literally the um, ransomed of Jehovah, shall return and come with singing and design and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. So it's essentially the same prophecy mm. twice. Mm. Two witnesses. And... So think about that the day before he passed away Reggie sees these two words these words the ransomed of the lord the redeemed of jehovah mm-hmm. and it's speaking about how they're going to come to zion with song mm-hmm. and my prayer is that i have the opportunity one day in the future perhaps in the far future to come to zion with song as one of the redeemed of jehovah and stand there shoulder to shoulder with reggie white mm-hmm. oh, amen isn't it something that she was talking potentially
1: about that mm-hmm. time you know reggie had this dream same word yeah. so uh you know he 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 really was a great inspiration to me um i obviously uh i know he'd be excited about what we're doing with prophet pearls and the many things that we're doing because it gives chance for people to see god's language in its original language history and context which he was desiring more than anything and was studying uh, diligently for yeah. that so we bless uh, his memory we bless his uh, family And at this point, Nehemiah, I'm going to have to end this. I know you'd like to go another 30 minutes, but (laughs) we've got to end this before we go too far. (laughs) Folks, we really do appreciate you listening. Make sure that you uh, visit com. Take a look at all the things that he has provided there. Bfainternational.com. Take a look at what we have there and, and, and consider joining us as in our mission as we try to help people really around the world, as you mm-hmm. said, defend yeah. their faith. And we say inspiring people to build a biblical foundation for their faith. Until next time, keep reading, keep studying, keep watching. And would you do us this favor? Would you keep praying? Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit NehemiahsWall.com and bfainternational.com.